Hi everyone, great to see you all here. Um, today I wanna to share about an excerpt on page 171, uh, how to treat romantic affinities. I think this is a topic that many young people are interested in, but the teachings can apply to any interpersonal relationship. In this passage, a musician goes to visit Master Cheng Yen. He had been separated from his wife for over a year and still had not gotten over it. Master explained that it was all due to causes and conditions. The musician replied that he had initially felt great pain, but felt that he had gained much more. He lost the love and care of his family, but now he could devote all his energy to his music. In life, we gain and we lose. Master told him, when conditions arise, we cannot reject them. When the affinities disappear, we cannot hold on to them. We must follow our affinities in all things. In life, nothing is absolutely fair and just. At the spiritual retreat over the summer, we had to share about a time in our life when we felt we were treated unfairly. This was for a workshop on contentment. Nobody in my group volunteered to share right away, so I settled on my friend and I asked him if he would like to share. He replied, why, do you think I have been treated unfairly? As a matter of fact, he had confided in me about the times when he was treated unjustly, but actually I was just trying to get the ball rolling. I replied that I thought everyone had been treated unfairly at some point in their life. I looked around the table and saw people who had lost that coveted promotion, lost their jobs, lost their parents, lost their spouse, lost their faith. They had either been treated unfairly by others or by life's circumstances. But I reason that according to Buddhism, our circumstances are products of our karmic affinity. Perhaps our time with those loved ones were simply up, meant to be continued in another lifetime. Maybe overcoming that adversity is what we needed to become better versions of ourselves. I heard in a lecture once that when things, when bad things happen to us, for example, if someone gets diagnosed with cancer, they tend to ask, why me? Well, why not you? What makes you so special that you're exempt from karma? And if not you, then who would you rather wish this misfortune upon? The musician in the story said something to master that left a big impression on me. When we have the upper hand, things just feel normal to us. But when we are treated unfairly, we feel a strong sense of injustice. One thing I love about working in the airline industry is that most things are seniority driven. We bid for routes, days off, vacation, transfers, and promotions. You pay your dues and eventually reap the reward. Merit is subjective. One thing that differs is special assignments. You can either apply an interview for these or a supervisor can recommend you. I've applied to many and have been selected for two assignments. Usually they'll put you up in a nice hotel and wine and dine you and you'll feel special. Of course, not everyone wants these assignments, but there will always be an outcry from those who did want them, but were not selected. We're unionized and we're a very vocal group. We'll say things like, the selection process wasn't transparent, or the same people are always getting the assignments and management plays favorites, which is also true. We tend to think of ourselves as underdogs. We love a good success story, but become envious and resentful when the people, the same people win all the time. When I was picked for these special assignments, I felt grateful. I felt happy that I was finally getting the recognition I deserved. I felt proud to be working at such a great company. It wasn't about winning the position, but it was the feeling they gave me and the trust they put in me to complete the job. At our core, all people want is to be loved and respected, and we all have different ways of measuring that love. The times I wasn't picked, I felt a great injustice had been done to me, and I harbored mistrust towards the company. So what can we do to ensure fairness and equality? 
not a whole lot besides creating good affinities and letting go. Master said, insisting on justice and fairness leads to fierce conflicts. All parties involved end up losing. When we look at things from our own viewpoint, we will always feel that people are unfair. If people do not understand us, it may also cause us to feel that they are unfair. This is how conflicts arise. In interpersonal relationships, we must learn to be forgiving, accommodating, and understanding in order to live in peace with each other. Sometimes it's better to let things go and be the bigger person. There will always be other opportunities. We have all been blessed with amazing opportunities and we've all been devastated by unspeakable loss. That's the nature of life. The ebb and flow, we just need to learn to take it in stride when things don't go our way. Master says, giving to others with sincerity is our duty, while forgiving others is a virtue. People are able to tell whether or not someone is being sincere. It's more than just being nice and saying what you think other people want to hear. It's practicing kindness and empathy. I want to take you back to the summer of 2008. I'm 18 years old and riding alone on a train bound for Hualien. I'm unfamiliar with Siji, save for the Sundays I spent at Chinese school. There's an announcement that we are approaching Hualien. I consider not getting off, being the little rebel that I am, and con continuing on to Kanding, the beachside paradise where I'd spent my spring break. I remember the book I had read about Master Cheng Yan and being inspired by her and wanting to meet her. So I decide against it and button up my Siqing uniform, I tuck in my shirt, and I get off that train. In hindsight, it was a good decision because the eastbound train would never have made it to the south. Outside, it is raining heavily, and I see two volunteers in Siji uniforms. I assume they're there to pick me up. They're not, but they happily drive me to the Siji compound anyway. I arrive at the same time as another boy. We're late, but we get whisked to the admin office by a girl. There, we are met by a woman who I can only describe as the epitome of a Siji volunteer. She's beautiful with red lipstick and pearl earrings. Her hair is perfectly coiffed in a bun. She smiles with her eyes and speaks with humor and a gentleness that I've never known. I'm home. The girl says, darling, I'll take you to meet your group and takes me by the hand. They're all so nice. I'm the only American in a group full of Taiwanese students and therefore super interesting. People go out of their way to talk to me and I revel in the attention. They think I'm hilarious and ask what brought me to the camp. I tell them, Jay Chow. My aunt produced his concert a year prior and I brag about meeting him. I started listening to his music and would look up the lyrics in Chinese and the translation. I became so interested in Taiwanese culture that I agreed to attend a month of summer camps in Hualien upon the assistance of my family. I would return to Taiwan three times that year, twice for teaching camps. The girl from admin would check up on me several times over the course of the camp and write me a gratitude card. The love I felt at that camp and the feeling of belonging would cement my faith in Siji. I was changed for the better. I had found a newfound sense of purpose. The sharings I heard about disaster relief in Sichuan and Miramar inspired me. I vowed to help those in need and go on a mission one day. I've since been to missions in Ecuador, Haiti, Houston, Sierra Leone, Northern California, and Mexico. Master's compassion touched me. I fell in love with Sichi and dedicated myself fully. I volunteered every weekend with our tight-knit group of Siching. Everyone in SoCal knew each other and we all worked towards a common goal. Those two years when I first joined Siji were probably the best of my life. The friendships I formed in that time are among my deepest. And my memories of those genuine interactions and that unconditional love I felt is greater than any pain or setbacks I may encounter. 
The foundation on which my beliefs were built upon is so solid that I can forgive the people that misunderstand me. The recently announced theme of 2020 that Master has given us is, let sincerity, integrity, faith, and honesty be the earth on which I stand. Let love, compassion, joy, and equanimity act as a gentle breeze. So that's what I'm striving towards. Thank you.